Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday, Father. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Beautiful Monday morning. It is gorgeous out. It is really nice. It's calm before the storm. Don't please. I don't want any storms. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll see. It's coming. What's coming? I have that's, no idea. It's rain. That's, the, that's a, a great question to get this podcast Just started. Ollie from Family Guy. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Yeah. Whatever. So what do we got? What do we got? Um... Do we have to do we have to have a second a second sesh, uh, segment this week or can we just bypass it? No, we'll have a second segment. <laughs> a lot of talks about there. We'll have a second segment. We had very good response to our All Halloween's All Hallows Eve All Hallows Eve special. special. Great response. At Izzy's becoming a little mini celebrity after after uh, mass on I want, I want to say it was good on All Souls Day. Uh, somebody came up to me and said. Father, I love your podcast. I listened to it, and she and she said she listened to it, uh, a specific episode, you know, quite repeatedly. And I nice. go, well, here's Izzy right next to me. And um, Izzy was like, wow, I got recognized for the podcast. There you go. <laughs> you know, little mini celebrity there. So, uh, yeah, the unintended consequence of doing a, podca- a, bo- a podcast. But we're glad that it's in, in I love it. It's I enlightening it. your Monday mornings. It's brightening your Monday mornings. Uh, or whenever you, you, whenever you hear it. I know not everybody hears it Monday morning. Uh, but... Um, but it's wonderful to, that we're able to fill your lives with joy. And that's what uh, what Messengers of the Gospel is supposed to do. So let's talk about the resurrection. Let's do it. We're looking to the end times this week. Mm-hmm. And, this and week and this, as, week. as we get Pretty much closer to uh, yep, to Christ the King and, and shift gears into Advent. It's already here. Amazing. Man. So yesterday we have, we have Jesus. You know, he's approached by the Sadducees, and the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. And and just a little background on who the Sadducees are. They're, you know, wealthy men, men of high status, you know, that have that enjoy high stature. And, you know, they don't need the resurrection because they have everything they have they, that they want and desire here in this world. You know, they have material possessions, they have they have titles of honor. You know, and Jesus always is warning against those things. So they want to challenge him. And so they come up with the most absurd scenario to test Jesus. You know, they they want to question him. They want to, you know, say, okay, what is he what what is he gonna say about the resurrection? Since we deny it, how can he defend it? And so I love Father Luis Ferrero, you know, preached the five o'clock mass on um on Saturday night, on the Saturday vigil, and he said, "Imagine the most absurd question you've ever been asked, and really, and it was asked you to test you, Jorge. In your case, would be your wife telling you, how do I look?' And he did mention that, and and that's beautiful one of, as always. No, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's always the answer. But the thing is that when she gets off the Peloton, is that you know, you know, is that what you answer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that, that's the right answer." <laughs> Okay, so but he but he that's he always the answer. He I don't care what the this. what the scenario is. That is always the answer. There Come on, go. he loves his wife. <laughs> Anyways, so he mentioned that in his homilies, like like you know, how many of you have been asked by your wives, "How do I look?" And you're like, and you're there because your wife's wearing probably something that doesn't fit her anymore, or and and you have to say, "You look beautiful, darling," and but it's questions that were meant to test Jesus. As a priest, and I may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that you know, recently I had an we had an event that, you know, where people were asking me questions after the mat after it was in the mass. It was an event, and the way they were asking the question was very. It's gotcha questions. Yeah, it was gotcha questions. It was to test me. It was to see how I would answer the question, and like the Lord, I did not give them the a direct answer. Right. Because some of these questions would be yes or no questions, and Jesus would be asked yes, yes or no questions, not here, but, and he never would answer that way. He would always either turn it around on the Pharisees, as he does here with the Sadducees. 
So, absurd questions, absurd scenario. What's the absurd scenario? I mean, I always read this gospel. This is a fun one. It, and, this is and, a fun, and this I one needs like a, a drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> and here's a scenario. It goes, teacher, Moses wrote for us, if someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And likewise, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose life will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. That's the scenario. Now, I said yesterday in my homily at, at 12.30 Mass, I go, you know, if I were Jesus, I just would have responded. I go, well, after the third one, the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh are idiots for marrying this woman. <laughs> you know, it's like, why would you take a clue? I'm like, she keeps killing your brother. Stop marrying her. You know, but because it's an absurd scenario. Now, they're trying to say who's, who's going to be married. But this is also a very good uh, catechesis on marriage. Mm -hmm. Because what does Jesus say? Jesus says, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the, to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are like the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush when he called Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of, of the living. For all, for to him, all are alive. <laughs> so Jesus says, listen, in heaven, there's no marriage. Marriage is a sacrament that gets us to heaven. Mm -hmm. The sacraments are supposed to get us into heaven. There are only three sacraments that are for eternity. Okay, and they are? Baptism, confirmation, confirmation. and holy orders. Mm -hmm. That's it. Indelible marks. What do you say? What do, I mean, you don't actually, they don't really say this anymore, but what do you say at the end of your vows? Till death do us part. That's it. I mean, that you'll be with your wife in heaven, that you'll be with your husband in heaven. Absolutely, but it, you don't need the sacrament of holy matrimony because remember, the sacraments are signs of an invisible reality, as St. Thomas Aquinas tells us. And we're really getting deep today when I do a it's okay. Thomas Aquinas uh, name drop. So, um, so it's supposed to get us because, you know, now I'm not, you know, pouring cold water on our love is eternal. You know, love is supposed to be eternal, right. absolutely. But thing is that that love is taken to another level right. in eternity. And here's the thing: we're, we're in heaven, and this is what I, I love to when this topic comes up. We're together, but our attention is directed only to the Lord. You know, it's and and we see it in scriptures over and over again. You know, the heavenly host praising the Lord. Heaven is an eternal praise of the Lord. So yes, we're together. We're we're community. We're perfect community, you know, and and in our families and in the people that we love, but we're not looking at each other. Our attention, our full attention in for for all eternity is focused on praise and worship of the Lord, in in a perfect sense. And it's not to say you're not going to be with your wife and your children, right. and your That's parents, no, and your we are. We're in perfect communion together. Exactly. We're in community together, but it's no longer about. Me and my wife, and and there's that other guy that you know. Let me. I don't want to make eye contact with him because I want to <laughs> avoid him, and, and I don't want to say hello. No, we're we're in perfect communion. We're in perfect community, but our attention is a hundred percent on praise and worship mm -hmm. of the Lord in heaven. But th like I said, this this leads this gospel leads into a catechesis of marriage because yep. you know we've said it before. Marriage is for the mutual enrichment of the couple. To be able to take, and I've said this so many times at weddings, to take take each other by the hand mm -hmm. and to lead your spouse into heaven. Okay, so that's why it's till death to us part. Now, that's why the question is so absurd. Because, no, it, because, and, it, and it may not be so absurd because there may be people wondering, okay, let's say that you're, you know, you have a father or a mother who passed away, and then the, the, the surviving parent, you know, they were young, and they remarried. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, okay, but who are they going to be with 
in eternity. And the, and the question is, doesn't apply. Right. That's what Jesus says. This generation marries and remarries, but it won't be so that way in heaven. It's simple as that. I mean, it, I mean, I say it's simple, and I don't want to be flippant in saying that, but it, it's like, you know, but there's no polygamy in heaven because there's no marriage right. in heaven. We don't, for example, we don't need Holy Communion in heaven because we will be in perfect communion mm-hmm. with the Lord in heaven. We don't need the, the sacramental sign of the bread and the wine becoming right. the body and blood of Christ. Right. You know, we don't need confession in heaven. We don't need anointing in heaven. You know, that's why baptism for, is for eternity. Confirmation, for eternity. Holy orders. You are a priest forever, a priest forever, in the line of Melchizedek. It's from the Holy Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all of this, I mean, the sacraments are all, you know, oriented towards our holiness, our enrichment, our coming close and touching the divine. But when it comes to this gospel, see, the, the, the Sadducees couldn't see beyond right. this life because all they needed was in this life, the material in this life. And so they didn't want to think about the afterlife because they, they wanted to keep, they wanted to hoard. They wanted to, you know, go into themselves and, and just look into the and, and, and be selfish and, and just hoard all these things. So they didn't want, they just wanted to, you know, they wanted to live forever here, not think about eternity. But here's the thing. God places in our hearts a longing for Him right. and a longing for eternity. Yeah, I remember uh, a, less, a, a class on the cardinal virtues, faith, hope, and love. And St. Paul says, you know, faith, hope, and love, of these the greatest is love. And the, the professor kind of used that and said, if we're, if we're looking to eternity, if we're looking to heaven, you don't need faith in heaven no. because you're already there. You don't need hope in heaven because there's nothing more to hope for. You're already there. So, so of the of the cardinal virtues, faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest because love is forever. Because that's all that's going to be in heaven. You know, faith and hope are things for here. Just like you're saying, you know, marriage is for here. Confession is for here. Anointing of the sick is for here. We don't need those things in heaven because we've already made it once we get there. And so. This this gospel echoes, and I think it's, you know, the the number seven and the seven brothers, you know, it echoes the seven brothers that we hear about in the mm-hmm. in the first reading from from Maccabees. I think it's from Second Maccabees, and you know this, but that was, a, a, that was a real situation and a very tragic situation where a mother had to see all seven of her sons die because they refused to eat pork, they refused to violate Hebrew law. You know, they, they, you know, there was a foreign king who wanted, you know, just wanted to ridicule their faith, and yet their faith is so strong that they say no, and they, and the thing is that they are convinced, and this right. is even before Jesus, you know, Maccabees is probably two centuries before, three centuries before Jesus, you know, they are convinced in that they would see God, and so you see this dichotomy, if you will, between the faith of the seven brothers, you know, the non-fiction seven brothers, and the fictional seven brothers that the Sadducees drew up just to trap Jesus. This absurd scenario of, you know, this woman who marries seven brothers, but they keep dying, and they're childless, and when she gets to heaven, who's she going to be married to? Well, no one. So it's, but I focus a lot of yesterday on the last line of that gospel that says God is not a God of the dead, but of the living. And that's something that, you know, that we could apply to so many things because it speaks to our faith, because it speaks to who we are and how we practice our faith and how we practice our religion. And I mentioned this, you know, I really hammered this home at at a wonderful uh, mass we had yesterday at 1230 in Spanish where Families from our from our school said, "Father, can we?" You know, it was the Argentinian community in our in our parish, which is quite large, and they wanted to you know to sing. And I said, "Sure, go ahead." And and it was a be- just they sang beautifully, and it was great. And and I said, "You know, this 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 uh, novelty that we have today of 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 the, this group of families singing in our choir, you know, should should you know it sparks interest. You know, we like things that are new. Mm-hmm. You know, if." 
I feel bad for Lewis, who's such a great musician and puts together a great squad. But but if we invite any other else, anybody else, I mean, it's happened before. Oh, this is so great! Can we have it every Sunday? I'm like, we already have pretty good music <laughs> every Sunday, you know. So, but I said, you know, we we take this novelty and and maybe it jolts in in us to realize, okay, how is how are we practicing our faith? Do we need, you know, novelty at mass? No. We go to Mass to receive the Lord. We don't go to Mass to be entertained. We don't go to Mass as a diversion. We don't go to Mass to, you know, um, for, you know, to, like if it was a spa. I mean, it is, a, you know, it is a spiritual spa, but not in the way that you go to a normal spa. You know, no, you go there to be renewed by the Lord, to be challenged by the Lord, to be challenged by the priest and by the Word of God that is said. And so I said, Okay, so when we come to Mass, and this is where I harped on that last verse, is, you know, are we coming in as dead people? Are we coming as people who are, whose faith is alive? Because so many times we come in and we just, you know, punch in and punch out mm -hmm. to apply, you know, to comply with the third commandment, yep. and we don't do anything. So are we the dead that Jesus is talking about, or are we the living? Simple as that, as far as I'm concerned. Which one are you? So that was something that I think hit home with a lot of people yesterday. Because, I mean, obviously, at, at the end of Mass, everybody applauded the choir, and everybody was like, oh, Father, can they come again? I go, sure, of course they could come again. It's not, it's not a big deal. But it's like we don't need, uh, you know, smoke, smoke and mirrors. And I, was, I, mean, I'm not, I don't want to trivialize. Right. It was absolutely beautiful. I don't want to trivialize that and call it smoke and mirrors. But... You don't you don't need to add to the Eucharist. The Eucharist is perfect. Yep. And that you know, you know that's that's one of the things we run into time and again, especially with weddings here. Huh. You know, where you know the a bride wants a particular song or or you know, they want to add some a special element to the liturgy. You know, and, and the response we're always giving is you're taking attention away from the reason that you're there. And it's Jesus Christ. Because even even in a in a but it's my day. Yeah, but but I was going to say, even in a wedding where where communion is not being, where Eucharist is not being celebrated, where it's just a liturgy, just a liturgy, it's still about Jesus Christ mm -hmm. because it's a sacrament, and the the heart of every sacrament is Jesus Christ. And this, you know, not to, not to derail on the conversation here, but that's my that's my issue with confirmation. Your issue with confirmation too. It becomes. You know, it's it's called confirmation because I'm choosing uh, to make the promise. I'm confirming my own faith. No, we're we're never the actors in a sacrament. It's always it's always God who is the primary actor, d dispensing grace in the sacrament. Boy, that's a podcast for another day. You know, and and so so when we're trying to add these these special things to make it new and make it different and make it entertaining, and you know, yeah, like you said, it's it's nice to have a hook to bring people in. But at the end of the day, why are we there? The hook should be Jesus Christ. That's and you don't need us. You don't need any better. There's no better hook right. than Jesus Christ. And listen, for me, it was a very emotional mess because one, the, not only because the music was beautiful, yeah. but because you know families from um, my school and my parish were the protagonists right. in 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 the, in the liturgical action, which is something that I, I'd like to see more of. So for me, it was very emotional to see them so joyfully mm -hmm. celebrate the Mass. So when people say, you know, it's like when I invite another priest, you know, to celebrate the Mass. Oh, this is so beautiful. This is so wonderful. This is so much better than the pre than the homilies usually hear. And, you're, and I'm like, what are you indirectly saying mm -hmm. about the good and holy priests that, serve you every single day. Now, this morning we were planning our Advent mission and, and looking to see, okay, what priest we bring in. Usually the reason behind a mission is to bring in another priest so you could hear another, right. you know, hear another voice. A different hear perspective. Another, different perspective, a different voice, a different, you know, point of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, we're all pointing towards the same direction, but, you know, it, it <laughs> be careful how you choose your words because it's so many times, it's like, you know, it's a backhanded compliment. And it it just goes to say is that if your faith was really alive, you know, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed celebrating that Mass yesterday. But, you know, 
and and I and I want to do it again, but I celebrated mass this morning. And, it and was the same Eucharist. It's the and same it was Eucharist. The same Lord. You know, even though we didn't have music, yep. and I did it in 22 minutes instead of an hour. <laughs> you know, it was um, it was a little fast this morning. I mean, I wasn't fast. It just went by. I didn't preach that long. That's why. Yep. So, but it's the same Lord, and it goes to back to that point of the last verse. You know, God is a God of the living, not of the dead. And so many times, I look out, and my parishioners, you know while I'm preaching or when I'm standing outside after mass and I'm, and I asking myself and, I, and I'm thankful they're there, but I'm asking myself, did they go to mass? I mean, they physically went to mass, but nope. were their were their souls stirred? And it has nothing to do with the homily. It has nothing to do who's, with who's celebrating the mass because I love the line that you just said, the protagonist is Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's open, and, and I see them, you know, and especially when I don't have the Mass and I can look around and, and walk around, I just see them there. And, I guess, again, I'm glad they're there. I am, because there's so many who aren't. Right. But I'm wondering, were their souls stirred? Because every, you know, because you could hear, you know, say you have 400 people in a Mass and everybody comes out, and people go, oh, Father, good homily, Father, good homily. And sometimes I wonder, are they really meaning or is it just something yep. performing that they say? And and here's the, are they there for the homily or are they there for the Eucharist? Because mm-hmm. yeah. how, how many people put, and, and this is, and we, many, we've, we've talked about this before, that we put so much emphasis on what am I getting out of the homily versus what am I getting out of the Eucharist? Well, here, and, it's, and it's what is the Eucharist doing in my life that's going to be infinitely more important than, no offense, Father, than... What is the homily gonna? Oh, my you're right, <laughs> but but here's another. Here, let me let me throw it, put it in another perspective. Instead of what am I getting out of it? What am I putting mm. into it? Because are you there? Because like, like for example, I walked into church this morning, a little bit after seven thirty, and for eight o'clock mass, and you see parents from the school coming in to yep. say a quick prayer before they go to church, before they go to excuse me, before they go to work, and it's very and it's very edifying. You see people that I see every single day. Yep who kneel before St. Joseph or kneel before, you know, the Blessed Mother and to say a prayer or, or mm-hmm. say a prayer before the Sacred Heart or St. Therese or St. Anthony of Padua. And, you know, and and they go through that, you know, the little little custom, the little mm-hmm. routine every morning before the Eucharist starts. God bless them. And, see, they're they're putting in something. Because they're there, cause if you're there every morning, that means that for you, it, it's something that you can't live without. Yeah. Every single day. So for the people that just go and just sit there as lumps on a log. And I got one for you because you told it. me about it. Yeah. And, and it, it, uh, it was a stark contrast to All Saints Day. I went to the evening mass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the family that's usually in front of us at 1030 was, there, was in front of me with their little daughter. And I, I, it sounds bad, but I spent most of the mass playing with her. <laughs> you know, she'd 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 be giving me stickers and high fives and fist bumps and uh, you know, and I said, I said, how do you pray? And and she would put her little hands together, and I said, you know, how beautiful is that? You know that this family's coming with the with the child, and you know, anyone looking around may have been looking at me like this guy's not paying attention. He spent most of this mass, you know, high fiving this little girl, and you know, but. I I know what's going on. I'm I'm attentive. And, and you also have two children usually with. Them. Well, they, they weren't with me that night. But, but I'm saying, but usually <laughs> you're used to multitasking during a mass. You know, but but this this idea of living in that and that's faith alive right there. You know, for this young family to to bring their their little girl at seven o'clock on All Saints Day. You know, she might have been the youngest person in in the building. You know, she she wasn't loud. She wasn't you know making any noise, disturbing anyone. You know, and and she. Just the joy of that little girl was beautiful for me. You know, not, not obviously I know them, so, so I know her and she was more responsive because she knew me. But just the, the joy to see that family there and to see that little girl there and spend most of, of the mass playing with her. And, you know, but how many people look around and, and see, a, see a child? And we had, we had a family a couple weeks back on a Sunday. And yes, my kids are a little bit loud. They got up and they changed pews. 
because they didn't want to hear my kid who wasn't being that crazy that week. Yes, you know, he was, yes, he was just, was. he was just talking to us most of the time, but he wasn't throwing things right. And they got up and they moved and I go, wow, what are you like? <laughs> really? And so, so are they coming as, are they alive? Is their faith alive? Or, you know, they're just so caught up with what's going on around them that they're missing the point of what's really happening and why we're all here together. I've said this so many times that we, we don't go to mass in a bubble. We don't go to Mass and we're, we're there, but it's just me and Jesus. No, we go to Mass as a community. Yeah. We go to Mass as a body of Christ. When we receive the Eucharist, we become, you know, we are more, we become more, in, you know, conformed into the body of Christ, perfected, so to speak. And so if we go there and it's like, you know, I'm, I was out there at 7.30 Mass, uh, or was it, you know, whatever Mass it was, I was standing there before the Mass started and there was no one in the church Somebody walks in and goes straight up to the balcony. I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, listen, teach his own. I mean, they feel, but you know, they're going to get a better connection with God over there because they're closer. Because they're closer, <laughs> you know. That's fine, but but why? You know. So there's different ways, but going back to that verse of God of the living, not of the dead. You know, it goes to the question: Is is our faith dead, or are we just going through emotion? Yep. Going through the motions of just saying, ah, it's just something I do on Sunday morning. You know, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to go to Mass, and how am I going to be challenged today? We could, we could, you know, we would do well to learn from Izzy's example. You know, Izzy was here last week, and Izzy, every Sunday, brings a journal into yep. Mass and takes copious notes during the homily to and there come may back be, to And there may be some sourpusses out there who would see her scribbling away in her book what is she and doing? and think oh this one's not paying attention you know and <laughs> right but you know it was it, it's something that we could learn from matthew kelly you know i remember the first talk i ever heard of it, heard him say i mean heard him preach it was a cd about 10 or 10 or 12 years ago uh, and he was talking about you know bring a journal mass and just take but he didn't go as far as Izzy. he said Take one word, one mm -hmm. phrase, something that impacted you that day that you could take with you right, for the, the rest of the week. Yep. And that's important because our faith is supposed to be alive. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell the Sadducees because that's what we need to get into heaven. You know, he's saying that, you know, all these, you know, the attitude of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees in, today, in yesterday's gospel, of the scribes, of everybody against Jesus. That he holds a mirror up to them and says, well, "Look at what you're doing. You know, you're you're, you're putting burdens on the people." There, there were a couple of weeks ago. There was a week worth of gospels from the Gospel of Luke that we read at Mass that was basically saying Jesus saying, "Woe to you, Pharisees! You hypocrites! You brood of vipers!" He tells them because these are the people that were asking these gotcha questions or they're coming out with this outlandish scenario to lay before Jesus, like the Sadducees did in yesterday's gospel, that were trying to trap him because they didn't want their world disrupted. Yep. They didn't want change. And there's the key. And there's the key. And I love it. It wasn't, I don't think it was explicitly mentioned here, but it, all throughout scripture, when those gotcha questions come up, it, it very often comes up. Jesus knowing what was in their heart it doesn't say it here and then he and then he pro he proceeds with with the, the answer or the non-answer to to not give in to the gotcha see the the 39th and 40th verse verse of uh of this chapter is chapter 20 of Luke weren't said in the gospel yesterday after Jesus said that God is God of the living and not of the dead the that that section concludes by saying some of the scribes <clears throat> said in reply notice the scribes not the sadducees Scribe said in reply, Teacher, you have answered well, and they no longer dared to ask him anything. Now, this is, you know, two chapters before, you know, the events of the Passion start. So it's, everything's revving up mm -hmm. towards the Passion and towards the Resurrection. So we're doing that also in, in, in the liturgy because we're coming to the end of the liturgical year. Christ the King is in two weeks. And, you know, our thoughts come to these end-time scriptures little apocalyptic in nature, so that our thoughts could always be turned towards heaven. And that's what we're going to be listening to in, in the readings the next couple of weeks, whether you go to Sunday Mass or you go to daily Mass. 
So, my friends, that is what our Lord wants us to focus on. You know, is our faith alive or is it dead? Is it on life support? You know, does it become routine to the point that we don't feel anything? It's not like that we have to feel anything every time we come to Mass. But what are we doing? What are we putting into the, the, the celebration of the Eucharist? What are we doing to make our faith alive and not dead? Are we putting back in, like this, these families did yesterday who wanted to participate mm-hmm. in Mass, and they sang in the choir, and their kids read, read the scriptures and read the readings and brought up the gifts. You know, they wanted to participate. What are we doing with our families, with our faith community, to make this faith come to life? And, and you know, on that note, this doesn't have to just be tied to the Mass, because you wrote a beautiful uh, bulletin column this week, and it's it's kind of been one of those seasons where things are just happening, we're not even looking for it, but, you know, we've had parishioners just come forward and say, you know, I want to do this, you know, and we just we just let it happen, you know, and, and it's just something that brews in their own heart, and, and they want to give back to the parish, and, you know, so we we put up the lights and the walkways outside to to better illuminate that and that was just you know a, a genuine donation of a parishioner who had these available and said here I want to give them to the church you know we had the the beautiful work done in the chapel downstairs that just a, a, one another one of those god incidences they just had this tile available and said you know I want to I want to give it to the parish I want to donate to the parish to to be used I want to give it back to god and we said what do what do I owe you what do I you know what do we charge? What do we, you know, bill us for the work of the installers? No, no, no. It's it's my gift to the parish. It's my gift to the Lord, you know. So it, it's not necessarily tied to mass. Just what, you know, how is our faith alive in general? Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it doesn't have to be a material donation because you you know you wrote about the Eucharistic ministers who week in and week out go to visit the home, the homebound to take Very them quiet, communion. Yeah. You know, the people who who pray for the people on our prayer list. You know, and and that's. And they don't even tell us about it, but we know it's happening because they're, they they notice when a, a name is taken off or when a name is added. You know, just those quiet ways that that faith becomes alive. And that's what gets us into heaven, to experience the resurrection. It's when our faith comes alive. So what are you doing as an individual? What are you doing with your family to allow your faith to come alive? Because at the end of the day, God is a God of the living, not of the dead. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! The you! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly! It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just no, but just no. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right, Father. I was unfortunately at. We have to, we have to take it. Uh, the band wasn't there though, right? It was no. We didn't allow him. <laughs> that was petty. It was petty. But it made made your experience uh, that more enjoyable, didn't it? It was to, nice not to have the war chant going. Yeah, but we have to sit through this because, you know, we deserve it. I was there for the first half. I did leave at halftime. Yes, you did. Which Upon means, my advice. <laughs> which means I showed up for one more half than the UM football team this did. This is what allows Florida State graduates to spell. Yes. Florida State, Florida State. Yep. At least they know how to spell Florida State, right? Sorry. We shouldn't be speaking. So since you're playing that one, I in high school when I was teaching the high school, every time the seniors would start that little thing, I would go Florida State, Florida State, Florida State sucks. Right. <laughs> so, so one of them, I did it so often that one of the girls went to orientation, and in the, the huge crowd oh, of no. of new students, they started they queued it up, and everyone Florida State, Florida State, Florida State, and she just so proudly just because she'd heard it so much, jumps up and goes sucks, and everyone kind of yeah. looks at her. And she immediately texted me like, I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) 
So there you go. We've played the the fight song. There, you're welcome, Jenny, and uh, all those Florida State I, um, that listen to us. I was there at the game, and and I took uh, I took a live recording of the crowd, and it, and it kind of sounded a little like this. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. You had a laugh track going on. We the, we it was wait for it. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's, there's uh, the interception. There, yeah. There you go. And here comes the fumble. Yeah, and the and the eighty-two yard bomb. Oh, so 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 bad. Yes, I wasn't even mad. Yeah, I, I wasn't even. No, mad. I I go I go I, I texted you. And we were like, you could. I mean, what's going on? There we go. You could. You could. I go. Oh, you must be having a great time. And you said to me, "I'm just here. I, la- I'm just here laughing." It was it was bad. Our the worst. Home defeat to Florida State. They did beat us. I want to say forty-five or forty-seven to nothing up in Tallahassee yeah. in ninety-seven. I want to say uh, when you know in the post, uh, you know, a Pell Grant scandal, uh, probation years, and um, you know took our medicine. You know, they've been on the other end as well, yep. and that's what makes a good rivalry. You know, but Seminole Twitter so petty. I mean, it's a just, they're just petty and. And Hurricanes Twitter is not? No, man, because it's just Come that. on, we didn't allow their band to come down. That's pretty petty. There's Where are you going to put them? <laughs> it's not like the Orange where you could put them in the, in, the, in the open end zone over there. It's like, no, I, w- here's the thing. You didn't, you didn't take your children. I did not. Okay, because you knew what kind of environment it's going to be. On yesterday morning, you know, I'm having breakfast, and I see a video of, you know, of a fight happening and it was a great captioning it was the uh the more more there was more scoring in this fight than the canes yeah. did during the entire field <laughs> because i mean it was a epic i mean some guy was being dragged out by a police officer and while he's in custody with the police officer a u.m is an fsu fan a u.m fan comes and punches him oh. anyways in the hands of the police officer it's like wow so it's not the greatest environment no okay i mean and, and it'll be a good ten years before my kids go to, to yeah, a UMFSU game. And and they were it, it was just from from the get go. I mean, it looked like the first three plays. That's all I remember. Well, it looked the, like we had stopped them on, on third, and then it was a pass interference that could have gone either way, and then we would have punted. Let's see what happens. But it boils down to you didn't have a quarterback. Your quarterback wasn't ready to go. I mean, he had no shoulder. He was throwing things into the no, ground. There was no plan because yeah. it was it was Jacurry Brown for two plays, then put in Jake Garcia for a play, then go back, and but then that, put. But that was the plan. Put, That's and unfortunately. Then put TVD. Like what? What were we doing? Stick with one guy. But, Stick with a guy. And listen, and I'm not saying anything that's earth shattering. This is a word that even Mario has used over the last couple of weeks. There has been regression, and TVD had no. Business being on that he field. should not have been in that field. But Jake Garcia, we saw what he did last week in UVA where we barely, yeah. you know, and thank God for the defense. We're playing, but we're playing UVA. We're not playing Florida yep. State. Now, I have an issue. So I read, and this may be wrong. I, I didn't read this in an article. I read somewhere that Florida State was lighting victory cigars. Yeah, in the locker room. Okay. It's not the 91 game yeah. where the winner of that game decided the national championship, basically. Or the ninety-two, the same thing. Or hey, you got them ranked to twenty-fifth. Oh, they got ranked. They got ranked twenty-fifth. Hey, congratulations! <laughs> Let's see if the if if the CFB uh, ranks them tomorrow. But and they'll still be going a third-tier ACC. I, I mean, listen, light those victory cigars when we're ranked one and two, like we were yep. in the old days when you couldn't beat us. Yep. But well, here's we. I went to I went to the game with uh, some pre-K three uh, parents. One of them who's a Seminole. And we, so everyone's, you know, do we want to leave at halftime? And I said, look, does he want, is he okay with leaving? The, oh, the okay. Seminole fan. Oh, no, he, and he said, and, and this is like perfect. He goes, yeah, I'm okay with leaving. You know, I want to go out on top because you know, if it, if it only gets worse from here, you know, I already saw the beat down, but if UM they is going to come back, they were expect, he was expecting, he goes, if UF, if UM is going to come back, I don't want to be here to see it. <laughs> Interesting. See that. See, it shows their psyche also. Yeah. Because they're ju- they're just as messed up as we are. Because yep. Florida State and UM have always been mirror images of each other. When the the way that we play and the and our inconsistencies yep. the last fifteen years. Yep. Now, mind you, they've won a championship 
you know, thanks to Jameis Winston in the last 15 years and his crab legs, but you know, I couldn't go there. Uh, but, uh, but it's like we've played really good games and really bad games okay. against each other. And what, it's like we, you know, we're, we, and I'm not talking about against, against each other, but also against other opponents. We could look really great against, and the same thing with FSU, against a top-tier opponent and then be really bad against the Middle Tennessee State's duel. Yep. That's happened after, didn't they lose to was Jackson State or something they, like that? Yeah, not they, not, they not, uh, not Dion's team. But it was a it was a D D uh, it was an F- FCS school, yep. uh, where Middle Tennessee is not, you mm. know. But we should not have lost that game. So I'm still, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going for scraps here. But it, but we're mirror images of each other. That's what makes that rivalry great. Um, so we'll see what happens in Man, Doak next but year. But I just I I wasn't expecting much. But no, we weren't. <laughs> we were. But you'd think the, the team would have at least showed up. No, I, it's like, man. when you said, I'm already back in, you texted me, I, I said, are you home? Yeah, I'm already back in Coral Gables. I was good, because our <laughs> team never left Coral Gables to go to the game. That's why I said I showed up for a half, and that was a half more than the team did. Yeah, but, so man, that was oh, the man. Hurricanes. Uh, it was a crazy day of college football. You had Clemson getting beat down by Notre Dame. And here's my issue, because not only did Clemson get beat down by Notre Dame, but LSU also, Notre Dame, LSU, both with first-year coaches. Mm-hmm. LSU beating Alabama, needing overtime, and and Jason Taylor's son, you know, caught yep. the tying touchdown and caught the two point conversion to win the game. These are teams that are like Miami in terms of first year coaches, mm-hmm. similar talent, and LSU had the cupboard bare. LSU was awful last year. Notre Dame was not. Notre Dame went to the playoff last year, but started off zero and two, and now. They beat the fourth-ranked team in the country, which you could debate whether well, Clemson should have been fourth-ranked. Yeah. I want to see how far. They dropped to 12, I want to say, in the AP yesterday. I want to see where Alabama dropped big. To the to 10? For, Gee. For, Al, for an Alabama? No, I'm just saying. For but, Alabama to drop to, uh, but it does that, have, many, that many spots? Alabama will find, he'll, they'll find a way to put them in the playoff. My, they, that's what I'm saying. For them to drop like to 10 zombie. was already like, whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> but So what I'm saying is this, is that... You had these beatdowns. Georgia beating down Tennessee yeah. at home. No one was. Not many people expected that, but Georgia looks like a runaway train right now. But LSU and Notre Dame is where we really need to see them because they have first-year coaches that started off a little rocky and have righted the ship, yep. and we keep going backwards. Now Mario said it this morning in his morning each Monday morning radio show. I only saw a snippet of it. He says. We'll get this right, and we got to give patience. But with the players you had in the building, you couldn't do better than last year. I'm just saying, we were fourth and fourteen yep. from winning that game in Doak last year. Yep, and that's so, what I'm saying. You, I didn't expect much, but just three points, some effort. It's a rivalry game. Three points and, and a no-show defense at all in the biggest and our defense, game. Defense and our defense again. We were playing Virginia, but they showed up last week. Yeah, you know. Florida State was more motivated. It's, I don't know, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there, you know, because well, how, how many years have we been saying that? <laughs> that's what you know, we were talking about. Hope in the first segment. There, there's our hope. Anyhow, that's the college football landscape, NFL landscape. Tua continues Tua. to do Tua things. Tyreek Hill, a thousand yards already. Nine, halfway through the nine season. games in. Halfway through the that's season. That's absurd. Yep, he is on pace for two thousand. It's never been done in NFL history. Calvin Johnson, Megatron from Detroit Lions, who retired a little too early. It's a recurring theme with Detroit players, you know, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. Uh, they he has a record for most yards in a and if uh, in a year, and if and if if Cheetah continues that pace, mm-hmm. he'll he'll pass it. Uh, there's some areas of concern. The defense on the road is atrocious. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night. What's what's up with Xavier Howard? You know that that's important. I'm really frustrated because it was a replay kind of of the Pittsburgh game, and we couldn't put the game, the team other team away mm-hmm. uh, of the game management at the end of the half and at the end of the game. And I, for me, it's very simple from what I observe because I not not from what I observed when I was on the sideline because the coach at the time did not call the plays. He he managed the game. And you had a play caller that was offense creator, and the defense creator was a defensive play caller. I believe you cannot, and this is just this 
layman's opinion, in terms of sports, I'm a priest, but <laughs> but uh, is that you can call plays right. and manage a game. Be- why? Because when you call plays, you know, like for example, if you see shots of McDaniel, as soon as he calls in the play, he's already looking to what are we going to do on second now? What are we going to do on third? And that's fine. Perfect. But he needs someone in his ear. You know, Bill Simmons wrote about this a long time ago. You need a assistant coach of common sense to be out there. Now, why do I say this is a problem? Because Andy Reid, for the longest time, Super Bowl winning coach Andy Reid, finally got a Super Bowl two years ago here in Miami when he played, the Chiefs played, uh, beat the 49ers in a great Super Bowl. Uh, he was criticized for the longest time for bad use of challenges, oh. bad use of clock management, bad game, game management decisions. Why? Because he was calling plays. Now, I don't know how he righted it, well, Patrick Mahomes helped, and having Tyreek Hill on the, helped, and Travis Kelsey helped. Mm-hmm. But, and and those things are masking a, a, an issue that will come up that if you don't get the two-minute drill right at the end of the half, you needed to do that. And then at the end of the game, the last two drives of the Dolphins stalled because maybe the play calling wasn't there. You know, it shouldn't get to fourth down. Yep. Get the play calling right so it doesn't get to fourth down. And you're okay with going it, going for it instead of taking the points? No, I, I and that, and that, no, in that case, I, I did that agree. Was... With, no, but I did agree with going for it there because he mentioned the wind, and I know. See, Ashley mentioned him in the beginning of the year, and oh, Jason, why are you bringing up Jason oh. Sanders? <laughs> yes, the wind in Chicago I almost, was crazy. I almost texted you guys after after that. The the miss, the but miss. he was kicking into the wind. But it was again, he was with the wind in his back. But Tua had the guy the guy open. There was a slight thing that you know. Threw two off, and that's why the pass was skipped. And then the, and the he third run game, it too. He could have run it, but they, when people have been telling, "Don't run the ball! Don't yeah. run the ball! Don't run the ball!" You know, you see Mahomes yesterday. He ran for a touchdown Ooh. last night and bowled over people. If Tua does that, yeah. the media will have a collective heart attack. Yeah. So there's little things. The <laughs> yeah, there'll be a <laughs> lot of things that still need to be tweaked. We got the Browns at home. I don't get the line on that game three and a half because you got three points out of Manic for mm-hmm. being at home. You're saying that we're only a half point favorite in the Browns when we were favored on the road against the Bears, who laid a beatdown against you know New England two weeks ago and scored I don't know how many points against Dallas last week in Dallas. Justin Fields, what a revelation! Yeah. My goodness, we could not stop him. Rushed for the most yards of any quarterback in NFL history, 176 yards. Crazy. So that was our defense. And Tom Brady Tom got a win. Brady got a man. win. You went with him and pick him. I did. You were one of three who went with uh, mm-hmm. with Tampa Bay. I did. Shout out, shout out to Joe Cristobal for the what is it, ten and two. Yeah, no, he he ten and two. He had Detroit, I think he had Detroit over the the Packers. Did he, he? Had yeah. Joe Joe's doing very well. But Father Andrew and I had a Wasco. We had the the two afternoon games. I had Tampa Bay, and he had. Uh, I had I had the, the two Rams. afternoon games. We had opposite picks. No, and so did I. Same thing with me. And, and I was like, Andrew. "All right, I'm going to get them both." And then Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like uh, <laughs> Thanos. I'm inevitable. So is Tom Brady. Now, Man. here's the thing: they're leading the, the Rams, NFC the South. The Rams at the end of the game. There, they imploded. What are they doing? Yeah, wow. so the the Bucks are leading the division at, with a four and five record. That's just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's just nuts. That's the NFL and the Rams. I mean, I. Think I picked them to win the Super Bowl again? You know that that kind of makes any Philly prediction. You know we'll get to the World Series in a second, but uh, that that kind of negates that because I, I but I told you I didn't believe in Green Bay oh. because Devonte Adams mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers is regressing big big time. time. You know, so it reminds me a lot of Marino in his last year, and also the receivers he has. He doesn't have weapons around him. But can I? We I hate saying this. Are the Jets for real? Oh, gross. Right? <laughs> you know, Josh Allen, that offense was held to 14 points. Yep. I think now we're tied with the Jets. One game back, mm-hmm. they, have, they have a tiebreaker on us right now because they beat us once, but season doesn't end today. Ends at the end of the year. We still play them down here the last day of the year, so the last day of the season. So, yeah, it was a crazy day in the NFL. A lot that 1 p.m. window, a lot of games went down to the wire. You know, you had crazy, crazy games, and um, that that's what's so beautiful. Just the number the of one-score games this 
decided this season uh, is just, absurd. It's, and it, it's like three points. But it shows the parity. Two points, four points. Crazy. It shows the parity in this league. And and, yep. and, and, and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, yep. really, in the NFL. Yep. Because the Dolphins were lucky at the end of the game. That was defensive pass interference. It really was. But any, but it wasn't pass interference. My father pointed this out when Howard got the interception, that little, you know, yeah. when he went, he, that wasn't interference. But and the, it the, evens out. The Bills-Jets that was that was close too. No, at the, that last. I'm surprised it didn't call. No, it. that last pass that, yeah, that was yeah. pass interference as well. But the thing is, that refs, they're gun shy at the end of games mm-hmm. throwing that flag. Have you ever seen a flag thrown at a Hail Mary? No. They're killing no. each other out there. <laughs> You've never seen a flag. I mean, that's a thing. Just go go to town. Yep. So World Series, Houston. Dusty Baker. Good for him. He, I said it. He d- deserves Dusty it. Baker. There's a man who's put in his time. Has had heartbreakers. You yep. think of the two thousand two. What a what a beautiful scene though when when, oh, yeah. when they just jumped around them yeah. in the in the dugout. It really was. But you know, two thousand two. He was he was up three two like he was uh, mm-hmm. on on Saturday night, up three two, uh, and th- the Angels came roaring back with you know six out left yep. in that in that game six, and then the following year he gets hired by the Cubs and the uh, Bartman game happens. You know, but he could have. He should have taken that pitcher out earlier. Yep. And he had game seven also to, to, to beat us, and he didn't. And, uh, you know, God bless him. He, he won it. Astros, here's the thing. We were worried about at the beginning of this postseason, too many people in the playoffs. Uh, the best team going into the playoffs won. Yep. You could say, well, yeah, Los Angeles had a better record, but they were tailing off a bit at the end. Houston was getting hot. By the way, there's only one team that won a series in Houston this year. You know that team is? Yep. Go Marlins. That's right. <laughs> hey, we haven't discussed. One NL team. One NL one, team. One NL team. That right. won the series in Houston. That's right. So And we got and we picked up uh we picked up the Astros Ozo Campo as our assistant GM. Yes. That's exciting. So, I mean anything that's that a could solid, if, if that's we a could, solid move. Jar and Carnation had a walk off oh, in that. Did in you the, see that video? Twenty, 20 <laughs> seconds to get to first base. I'm like I don't, somebody I don't know said who tweeted it. We're doing baseball wrong in America. We are because, like, I, I, I mean, I don't have to ask you. We're going to the World Baseball Classic, you know, in, in March, right? Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, okay. I have to convince you. Sure. You know, but you've been to World Baseball Classic yeah. games. It's an it's a party. It's, it's a party. A different atmosphere. Yep. It really is. Not not to say. Listen, it looked like a great atmosphere in Houston. Looked like a great atmosphere in Philly. You know, and we've both been to World Series games here, so we know what the atmosphere can be like. So it's not the you know. You, you know, know, it's fun uh, baseball in Japan. They have individual cheers for every player. It's like soccer, oh, interesting, but in in a baseball field, and it's 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 literally a nine inning like party. Jamie Tart, did, did, yeah. did, like from Ted Lasso. <laughs> okay, uh, but no, ba- but baseball. You know, skip Schumacher. Let's see what happens. But but Jorge goes back to. We want to talk about the Marlins because now we're in hot stove. It, it started really quick. Edwin let's Diaz go. got signed. Well, agreed to say they can't sign until Thursday. Yep. But it started fast. Well, because yep. the World Series was pushed back because of a the lockout. But the Marlins, yeah, you could you could hire you know Casey Stengel and or, or Miller Huggins to manage this team unless you have players, and it goes back to the point page. So that's why I mentioned Gerard Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. We need to see that in the majors. Yep. I mean, maybe not, he's not ready yet, but it's good that he's playing you know Caribbean baseball. Yep. It's always a fun atmosphere, and, and I don't Mel, mind that. And happening. Mel's back. Oh, that was a big. But sign. was Brian McCann waiting for him at home plate to tell him how to play the game correctly? <laughs> I just somebody mentioned that on Twitter. I just <laughs> thought I'd throw it out there. I can't take credit for that joke. But uh, that was uh, that, uh, Jose Fernandez, Brian yep. McCann thing, you know, the arbiter of all things holy mm-hmm. in, in baseball. Yes, things are, you know, I would have laid down a bunt if I was a Philly, you know, in, in that in that uh, no-hitter game. By the way, was it a no-hitter? Yes. I know, it was, but I'm just saying, do you consider it? Why not? <sighs> Combine no-hitters. It's, if Javier would have finished it, yes, absolutely. It's a no-hitter. But here's the thing. It has a very, very – the other no-hitter is a very tall bar to clear. Don Larson's perfect game. Yeah, that's – A no-hitter is a no-hitter. Yeah. And if the that, H column has a zero in it. Yeah. <laughs> but combine no-hitters? See, the do- no, it's, I mean, it doesn't have the same uh, – Magic. Yeah. But it's still a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley's not here to rail on the heat. No. Ashley's on her way back from Chicago. She went to the game. She went. She wasn't happy with her tickets. Now, but she was there. Can can I rail on Ash a little bit? <laughs> oh well, it's not Ashley. It's probably on her boyfriend. <laughs> because uh, Ashley sends me 
a picture from her seats. No, no, from seats which are horrible. But the night before on Saturday night, she committed what I consider a cardinal sin when you're traveling, which is having dinner in a chain restaurant. Oh yeah. She sent me a picture from Shula's in Chicago. Oh no. We have a Shula's here in Miami. What? The original Shula's here in Miami. And I'm like In Chicago? I go, Ashley, what there you're in Chicago, there are a million great restaurants. None come to my to head, you know, I'm not a deep dish pizza guy. Uh so good. No, I don't like it. No. Nope. Uh no. I mean, I prefer the the New York style New York pizza, style. but yeah. but it's good. I like no, but, it. But but to me, it's a cardinal sin. And then she tells me afterwards. Well, Lou told me that Marino may have been there. I go, Marino would not go into Shula's in Chicago. <laughs> he would go to a good Italian restaurant or a good Polish restaurant or, or a good any restaurant mm-hmm. that is not a chain restaurant. That's why I'm all, when when I'm in New York and I go in through Times Square, you see Bubba Gump, you see TGI Fridays and McDonald's, and they're all full. I go, you idiots. I mean. You're in the gore, one of the gourmet capitals yep. of the world, and you're like, you know, we were in New Orleans last Spain. It's like, oh, let's go to McDonald's. No, man, there's great seats. So, and it's not, I think it's not a cheap restaurant either. So, but no, she's in, she's oh, on her way back from Chicago. So I was mentioning that she, you know, she was raiding on on the Heat, who came up with a big win against the defending champions last Tuesday, and then had to eke it out against uh, against um, Sacramento. Without Jimmy, and they didn't have Jimmy on on Friday against the Pacers and lost that game. It was a close game. Tyler made the game-winning shot against Sacramento, could not make the game-winning shot against Indiana. You know, that's what happens, but it's still a long NBA season. Panthers won last night late. They were playing Anaheim. I fell asleep before that game ended. I fell asleep before the Tennessee. I never fall asleep before the Sunday night football game. I fell asleep before that. I went into overtime. Gone. The time change. Yeah, Yeah, time change still has me, you know, but I I was gone. So... Um, the Panthers, and then here's something I realized yesterday, Epiphany. Two weeks from today, the U.S. kicks off against Wales. Wales, the World Cup. Can oh. I say something about it? I'm I, I'm kind of excited for a, a holiday World Cup. It, it, I, and I like the way Fox is promoting it. Yeah. Like, you know, Christmas, Santa yeah. wanting the U.S. to win. Uh, speaking of the most famous Welsh player in the world, Gareth Bale, when you were on your when you were tailgating and I was just coming back, we missed probably the greatest MLS game ever played. The MLS Cup was won. Yeah. Philly lost not one but two titles on Saturday. The Philadelphia Union was playing LF- oh, ALFC right. yeah, yeah, yeah. in the MLS Cup and it went into extra time. Philly took the lead. When they got to 120th minute, when extra time goes, they added nine minutes of Ooh. stoppage time. Wow. Gareth Bale scored in the 128th seventh minute. Wow. To send it to penalties. I don't know the particulars because I didn't see the match. Nine just, minutes of extra time. Yeah. I remember the days and you could only have that max was like five yeah. minutes. I mean, we're talking two <laughs> soccer novices here. All right. But he scored in the 127th minute and something happened for Philadelphia, for, sorry, for LAFC that their goalie was given a red card. So the backup goalie had to come in. He stopped every single one of the penalty kicks. Wow. And they won 3 nothing in penalties. Wow. In L.A. So Philly lost not one, but two titles I'm on sorry, Saturday. Philly. Yeah. <laughs> All, we were talking about overrated and underrated. Ch- Philly cheesecake. So overrated, underrated, or properly rated? And properly rated? Yeah. Pu- pu- uh, public subs makes a good Philly cheesesteak. I'm not a, I mean, I'm not I'm not a big, big Philly cheesesteak no, guy. No, but I mean, but if they put it in front of me, I'll, oh. you know, I've never eaten one in Philly. because One time I was supposed to go to Philly, I couldn't go. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, but that's food. Food talk. Anything else in sports that I missed? Go look around the room here. No, no I think we're good. We're good. World Cup in two weeks. Two weeks from today, U.S. kicks off against Wales for the first time since 2014. Eight years. Can, can we can we finish with a with a laughter here? Uh, oh, you want to la- you want to laugh some Georgia more? Tech? Who you got? <laughs> How are we one and a half point underdogs <laughs> against the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech? Well, the exact same record that we do. Oh. We got to win two of three to go to a bowl between we have to, and yeah, Georgia well, and Tech, one of those Clemson, Clemson, and <laughs> Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, we got to go to Atlanta and Death Valley. That's. Do you want to go to a bowl? I was talking about that with someone else yesterday. Like, do you really want to go to a or bowl? You just want the season of mercifully just end, just, just just stop. Yeah, and then we'll have the same talk that we had this offseason. I don't know. Hope for next year. Just give me five and seven. Call it a day and. Okay, but you're just presupposing note. that we're gonna win a game. 
in this month. I mean, you would you would hope at we should be you Georgia would Tech. Hope we beat, beat Georgia Virginia, Tech. I'm sorry, we beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. I mean, I have we should zero, be able- I I have no no uh, hope for Clemson. We always play terribly against Pitt, but Georgia, you got to beat Georgia Tech. We'll see. We shall see. But I'm. But you know that's why the last tweet I sent out on Saturday night was, "Hey, Tua plays tomorrow." Always look forward. We can look forward to Dolphin games now. We, we're not looking forward to Oh, Someone, someone tweeted that uh, special teams touchdowns are, are fun, but it means we don't get to see the offense. That's true. But, <laughs> hey, that was the difference in the game, that special teams touchdown, that block. You know, so. All right, folks. That was a fun hour. I'm glad that you joined us. Thank you for, for listening. Please share as we get closer and closer to Thanksgiving um, to go back to yesterday's gospel. You know, God is a God of the living, not of the dead. Is your faith alive? What do you have to do to spark up your faith to be able to prepare your soul for the eventuality of the resurrection? May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.